Um, by 2006, Banquet Beer, Coors Banquet Beer, had a negative 17.9 market share. So by the end of 2006, they flipped it, and they had a 3% market share. So we're talking like 22-point swing wow. just from advertising. Inspired by the adventures of our nurses, therapists, and techs, A Beer with Atlas is the only healthcare traveling, craft beer drinking podcast. Each week, we'll open a few beers, talk about the brewery and the style of beer, and then dive into some research curated specifically for each episode. In the end, we hope each one sounds like a conversation you'd have with your friends while enjoying a few cold ones. Welcome to another episode of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. I'm Brian. <laughs> I'm Dolan. <laughs> Clearly, Brian's in character for this. Mm, uh, I'm just <laughs> loving this Coors stubby bottle in my oh, hand. Oh, man. So, second episode of Mainstream May. I can't believe we've never done Coors Banquet. In all of the, the dad beers yeah. and Mainstream and everything else well, that we've never... I've definitely drank a few. I know that. Oh, oh. We will get into that too. Ooh, okay. When we get to Untapped, you oh, have boy. you have checked this in Uh-oh. more than a few times. Yeah, these are one of those event beers, I would say for me. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, Coors Banquet beer in this, like Brian said, in the stubby bottle, like you, it, unmistakable, recognizable. Yeah, without a doubt. I'm not a giant Coors Light fan, and no. I don't think I've had a Coors Banquet in gosh. Three years? Coors Light is the worst for me. I will never buy that ever. That's mm. why it's not featured in any of our anything we do mm. here. I don't know. I mm. it's not for me. I mm. will buy Coors Light over Oh wow, that's actually very good. That's good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I will buy Coors Light over the beer next week that rounds out mm. mainstream May. Okay. Miller Light, because I think Miller Light tastes like aluminum foil. I would buy Coors Light over Went over the Budweiser mm. that we did. Yeah. Well, this is why we're doing what we do. I would buy this over Budweiser. I would buy Coors Banquet over. I usually have this at home somewhere. Really? Mm. A couple of why? cans. Or if I want a domestic beer or oh. people come over that don't drink my beer. Okay. Or I don't want them to drink my beer. That's even better. You know, yeah. there you go. Have this. Okay, so lots of history here, like you would expect. Uh, I will just start with some basic brewery knowledge, right? Okay. Coors Brewing, located at 13th and Ford Street in Golden, Colorado, has been there since 1873. Uh, German immigrant Adolf Coors. So they all have Adolphus, Adolf. Yeah, those they old all, German names. They all have these old German names, right? And Jacob Schuler, S-C-H-U-E-L. E-R, Schuler. Also sounds German. Very German, yeah. right? Uh, f- he's from Prussia. So Adolf Kors, Germany. Hmm. Jacob Schuler, Prussia. Where was Prussia? Is that is that Austria? Maybe. I should know more about I don't this. know. I, when we talk about craft breweries, we're talking about California, 1992. Mm-hmm. Not talking about countries that don't exist anymore. No, right. Not too often. So they both immigrated to the United States and established that brewery this brewery in Golden, Colorado, after buying a recipe for a Pilsner-style beer from a Czech immigrant named William Sihan, S-I-H-A-N, Sihan, mm-hmm. 
So it was mm. his recipe. His recipe for a huh. Czech Pilsner. Interesting. Uh, Adolf Coors invested $2,000 at first, and Schuler invested $18,000. That's a lot of money. At the time, yeah. yeah. Holy cow. Uh, then in 1880, so seven years later, uh, something happened, and Coors bought out his partner and became the sole owner of the brewery. Nice. So hopefully Mr. Schuler had a nice chunk of change, and he rode off into the sunset. Probably. Or he died at like 36 mm. years old, because that's how you did it back then. Cholera or dysentery. Yeah. or yeah. <laughs> Ingrown toenail, even. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? So, uh, yeah, prohibition happened. So nothing happened between 1880. They're just making beer. Yes. Focused on making beer. As opposed to maybe what we talked about last week with with Budweiser and Anheuser-Busch story and all that, they just focused on making beer for all those years. Okay. Uh, Prohibition happened. And uh, – what was the Volstead Act? I wrote this down. Do you know what? Did you write anything down about the Volstead Act? I didn't write it down. We but have it... to look that up. But uh, Adolf mm. Coors and his sons, Adolf Jr., Grover, and Herman, established the Adolf Coors Brewing and Manufacturing Company. Yep. So that's the important part, right? Yeah, I got some stuff on that too. Do yeah. you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, about what they produce and stuff? Because I'll, yeah, I'll skip over there. Because I think that's fascinating. Tell me. Uh, the, which included, let's see. So. Adolf Adolf Coors Manufacturing and Brewing Company included the Herod Porcelain Company and other ventures. The brewery itself was converted into a malted milk production company and a near beer production facility. Yeah. Near beer. Yeah. Hmm? I mean, it's close. So the Volstead Act? Yes. Hit us. Formerly National Prohibition Act... U.S. law enacted in 1919 Mm -hmm. to provide enforcement for the 18th Amendment prohibiting Uh, the manufacture and sale of alcoholic beverages. It is named for... Enforcer. Yeah. Yeah. It's named after Minnesota Representative Andrew Volstead, chairman of the House Judiciary Committee who had championed the bill and prohibition. I can say that we're not a fan of that guy. Evil. That dude is evil. Get out of here with that noise. Exactly. Um, Malted milk. Guess what? It was sold until 1957. Coors kept making it until the 50s. You could buy it all the way up until 1957. Made wow. by Coors. Yeah. What is? Do you know what it is? Malted milk. Yeah. Well, it's like stuff you get in like a malt, like a milkshake, or it's like powdered. Oh. We I think uh, we had whop, an, you know like Whoppers candies. Oh, Whoppers, That's yeah. malted milk. Oh. Yeah. I think we've we've touched on this on a mm-hmm. previous episode. We might even had it. And sometimes you get it in a stout. Yep. Sometimes where you'll see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I was going to say they did was they kind of had a still. So they had they distilled alcohol. One of those government says, "Hey, this guy oh. needs whiskey because he's got oh. a cough." Wink, wink. Yep. <laughs> so they did that too. You get a prescription for that. Yes. Yeah. My, I mean, my mom was pretty good at that too. Oh, you got a toothache? Here's some whiskey. Here you go. Uh, right there. Um, also, we were talking before we started about Australia. Uh, their malted milk was sold all the way to Australia. So their malted milk has a bigger reach than their actual beer. Huh. Weird. Very strange. That's interesting. Uh, so the near beer, right? We talked. I talked about that just a mm-hmm. little bit. The company's name, and this will be fun for all of you uh, Dungeons & Dragons players Ooh. out there, Ooh. is called Mana. Life. Yep. Right? Bread. Yeah. Uh, the bread of life. Yeah, right? Yeah. Mana. Hmm. Fun fact, I've been, uh, I've been, I started a D&D campaign hmm. a couple months ago, kind of headstrong in it. There <laughs> you go. 
It all comes back around. What's your character, yeah. Dolan? What are you? I am a lizard folk. Whoa! I mean, why lizard not? folk cleric? I was yeah. going with orc, but I, was, you know, I could be wrong. Uh, so. Yeah. Hmm. Man. Uh, so the biggest part of this production, I guess, outside of the malted milk and the near beer, was the porcelain. Was the Herod Porcelain Company. Uh, all of the non-brewery assets of Adolf Coors were spun off between eighty-nine and ninety-two. So. We're talking 1889? 19. Oh. Hmm. So like when I was in high school, wow. they finally spun off all the rest of these and just became cores huh. or whatever. Interesting. So, uh, the descendants of the original Herod Porcelain ceramics business continues to operate as Coors Tech. That's cool. Isn't that mm-hmm. fun? Coors yeah. Tech. They made medical and scientific equipment. That was one of the other things I read, like beakers Weird. and stuff. Really? Yeah. I guess you got to survive, right? I yeah. Mean, Heck yeah. If all of a sudden the government says... Your main source of income is illegal. Mm-hmm. You got to survive somehow. I mean, yeah. if they're making cool bottles like this, they can make some beakers, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, without a doubt. So, okay. I've got distribution information, which I, I have think some. is, is yeah. like the guts of this, which yeah. I think is really fascinating. Sure. Uh, Hit it. All right. So, for the first hundred years of existence, Coors beer was marketed solely in the West. 11 like, states. That's it, right? Yeah. Do you have the states? I wrote these yeah. down. Yeah, go ahead. Washington Mon- and Montana were added in 76. Uh, California, Texas, Oregon did not approve sales in the grocery nope. stores until 1985, which yep. is weird grocery store sales. Uh, I guess I don't have all the states. Arizona, Idaho, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Oklahoma, and your home state, Kansas. Kansas, oh. And New hmm. Mexico. Throw them in there, too. Hmm. Until 1948. So it's kind of like how we talk about Yingling right now. Yeah. It's like, mm. oh, it's out there. We just can't get it. We just can't get it. Yeah. Which is fun because that spawned the movie Smokey and the Bandit. Mm-hmm. 1977. They're taking, they're running Coors from Texas to Georgia. Is that right? Texas to yeah. Georgia. I think that was how it went. Yep. They didn't establish nationwide distribution until the mid-1980s. 1990 was the last state. That got added. Ooh, which one was that? Utah. Indiana. Oh, what? Mm. Yeah. Really? By the 80s, everybody had had it, and um, even D.C. In the 70s, they added us, Nebraska, Iowa, Missouri, Washington, and Montana. So it kind of rounded out that Western thing. Um, It's weird to think that, like, we had it for 20 years before Indiana, and they're just right over. Just a little bit over there. Yeah, past the other side of Iowa. Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. That's... If that had been a trivia question, like true or false, Coors Banquet didn't have national distribution until the 1980s. I would have said that is false. Yeah, you'd think so. You would think so. Yeah. Let me hit you with a little other history stuff, but it's yeah. not statewide stuff. It's This okay. is like in the 40s. So we're talking like World War II time. Mm-hmm. They were big in advertisements, and they sponsored a radio show. So like this is before TV. Okay. So every mom and pop town had a radio station, and they 
put shows on. People would come play live music and they'd talk and whatever. It was just like how you, that was your entertainment. So the, whatever, the Brian mm-hmm. Fun Hour, sponsored yes. by Coors. So that's what <laughs> they did. They sponsored a national show. It was called The Coors Show. <laughs> and it was in the 40s, so it was big band music. So they had like Duke Ellington, oh. um, Tommy Dorsey, Frank Sinatra, Mel Torme, that sort of stuff. Mm. The Velvet um, Fog. Yes. Yes. Um, in the 50s, they advertised on the first TV show to be played in Colorado. And it was called I'm the Law. It was a country <laughs> show, like a Western, you know, no. sheriff show. I would have gone with Judge Dredd, but okay, that's... <sighs> that's how it goes. But that was in the 50s. And so they kind of just continued to do that. Um, and then they were also in like just tons of magazines, just like we talked about with Budweiser, how they had their old ads and then they respun them out. Yep. Um, the slogan that we know this as, right? The banquet beer? Yeah. Yeah. So that becomes the official slogan in 1937. And then I wrote down, do you know why it's called a banquet beer? No, but I was hoping that you would write it down. So this was something I had known before, um, but I think if you take the tour, they'll probably lay in it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It also ties into what um, where he was just, he has red shoes on, Dolan today. Um, and he was out mining some stuff, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. On his trip uh, in Colorado, and that's perfect tie-in because it was a bunch of miners in this place called Clear Creek Canyon. Ooh. Say that five times. Yeah, I had to go slow. <laughs> and at the end of the day or whatever, they'd have, or maybe it was on Sundays, they had these big, because a lot of them were German immigrants, yeah. they'd have like a big dinner, like a mm. Sunday dinner, and they have a big tent or a banquet hall. Yeah. Oh. And they would bring these beers in, big old gallon, you know, jugs, big kegs, whatever. Yep. And they drank it in the banquet hall, so it was Coors Banquet Beer. The Banquet Beer. Because you, yeah, it was for people to get together and, you know, blow off some steam on this, on your day off from the mine. So it wasn't just some bullshit marketing scheme. Like, this no. is, it, legit. Like, yeah. it happened that way. I mean, it was that way for hmm. 50 years before they decided that was even their slogan, hmm. you know? So that was kind of, I thought that was kind of cool. That's interesting. Um, I have to talk a little bit about music because mm. I have to. We talked about that show a little bit ago. You kind of did already, yeah. Um, there is a song called beers to you (laughs) (laughs) and it is a duet ray charles and clint eastwood no and it's featured in the movie which i know you've seen you've not any which way you can oh the sequel to any which way but loose yes right so and they're famously drinking coors in that movie i think the monkey even drinks coors oh the monkey's the best part left turn clyde yep punch Here's to you, old amigo, for all the good times. Here's to all the women that we've been through. Let's set them up, my compadre. Barstool to barstool, shoulder to shoulder. All right, here's to you. 1974, you kind of talked about it earlier. People were going and getting truckloads of Coors and taking it, right? <laughs> so in 1974, there was this guy in Charlotte, and he decided, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make a bunch of money. And he loaded up. He had a big, cold, like, semi. Oh, this is a good idea. Drive to Denver, and he would just buy pallets and pallets and pallets of Coors banquet beer mm-hmm. and then bring it back to Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. And then he would sell it at restaurants and bars or anybody, and he'd sell it for a dollar a can. Whoa. So back then, a six-pack was $1.50. Oh, 
That's good. So he's making six dollars. You got to pay for all that to get it there, right? Right. Transportation costs. Gas. And that was back when the gas was short. We had the, you know, that whole fuel thing. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so if you got to do that, then that's what you got. So he was selling those uh, for a buck a can, which is probably, you know, a good deal. uh, It's about where we're at now. I mean, that's bootlegging, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's exactly what that is. There was a place here in town, which will go unnamed. Okay. uh, That would do just recently, which within the past three years, two years. Two years. Uh, if you ordered the koozie, I say I need a koozie mm-hmm. for this bar or whatever. Sure. They bring you a spotted cow. Oh. It's like yeah. a little slang. Right. Like a little in the nose sort but of But they deal. put it in the koozie so you can't see what mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. There you go. Huh. Yeah. That sounds like a good idea. That's bootlegging. You know what else? You talked about a little bit ago was Smoking the Bandit, mm-hmm. and the guy, the director, his name was Hal Needham. Didn't know that. And he was working on another movie at the time, and he was down in Georgia. And some of his uh, somebody that he was working with, like a cameraman or something, brought a bunch of coors to the set. Okay. And they were like, "Man, this is great. We we love drinking this beer. Right? Mm. It's so good." And everybody knows about this. Like the South, everybody knows about Coors and can't get it. And it's, you know, it's been around in the, in the public right. for a hundred years. Um, so he decides, um, I'm going to bring some back to my hotel room. I'm just going to stash it there and we'll drink it at the end of the day. Well, cleaning lady found it Uh oh. and she was drinking them. So oh. she would take, you know, there's a six pack. Mm. She might take one or two. Okay. And he's like, man, this is so popular. This, this would be a good idea for a, for a movie. Boom. There you go. Smokey, Smokey and, the and the Bandit. Wow. Um, in 1975, which is around the time the movie came out, they were a $585 million company. Coors. Yeah. Okay. They had 7,500 employees. Yep. They were the fourth biggest seller in the 70s of beer, and that was before they were nationwide. That was just those western states. They had like 15 states that they sold to, wow. and they were the fourth biggest. So Budweiser, of course, number one. Sure. Schlitz, number two. Wow. Back mm. in the 70s, that was huge. And okay. then PBR. Oh. So they're number four, and they only have half the states covered in the in the country. So wow. people are looking for this and willing to pay a dollar a can um, in the 70s. They did not spend much in advertising. No. Especially back then, because it was kind of word of mouth and, and that sort of deal. Um, the other thing I did write down, though, was in the 80s, they kind of were like, you know what? Let's crank it up. Spuds McKenzie's out there. We got to combat it. Yep. Who do they go to? Who's there? Do you remember who was in their commercials? No. Well, in 1986, he won Sexiest Man Alive, and no, it's not Dolan. Mm. Darn. Mark Harmon. Oh. And he was in a bunch of their commercials. Really? Yeah. He was like doing outdoorsy stuff, like mm. chopping wood and putting up a tent in his short basketball shorts. I don't associate Mark Harmon with any of that. Well, now we know him as Mr. NCIS. Right. But in the in the 80s, he was hot to trot. Okay. Uh, and then also, this one was great. I do remember this. I've seen it many times before, after because I'm a Coors guy. Yeah. Um, E.T. So there was a huge campaign. Do you remember this? I remember this. It was like around, um, in the 80s, people got a conscience and you like weren't supposed to drink and drive anymore. It was kind of mm-hmm. like, eh. Like nowadays, if you got a DUI, mm. that's bad news. But seventies and stuff, it was like, man, whatever. That was a ho- drinking and driving was a hobby in the seventies. Oh yeah, yeah. My, that that was one of my dad's <laughs> favorite things to yes, do. Yes. So 
there was this big campaign with his new movie, and it was in a lot of magazines like Time and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was E.T. and he was like a bartender, mm-hmm. and he had this you know his little light up finger, and he was like, "Don't drink and drive. Phone home instead. Phone home. Yeah, yeah. So you're supposed to call for a ride." In the '80s, with E.T. Steven Spielberg hmm. made so much money. Yeah. Holy smokes! And that was that was the cooler stuff. Um, in it was so popular in D.C. when it finally came to them, mm-hmm. they were selling. There was one liquor store specifically. It was called like Redskins. It was right by the stadium. Oh, okay. One thousand cases a day. No way. Yes, they sold a thousand cases of That's beer crazy. a day of Coors. That's more popular than crack in D.C. No, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> Probably it was more expensive. <laughs> yeah. um, by 2006, Banquet Beer, Coors Banquet Beer, had a negative 17.9 market share. So no one was buying it. They were just basically pouring it out. What? Yeah. Nobody, nobody. What? In wh- wh- what year? 2006. Huh. So. It disappeared virtually. Well, it was still there, but nobody was buying it. It wasn't like it had been before, right? Weird. So it would just sat there and they would pay distributors to send it back because nobody was ordering it. So somebody, one of the family guys or whoever takes over 2006, he's like, we got to change it up. We got to put some ads out there. We got to do whatever. Yep. So by the end of 2006, they flipped it and they had a 3% market share. So we're talking like 22 point swing wow. just from advertising. So they started becoming back into the national conscience of, of people that are drinking beer. Mm-hmm. Um, they started advertising and like, um, big rodeos and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That was a big market for them. Um, they played up the Western heritage. That's what I remember. Cold water of the Rockies and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so that's something um, that they've continued to do. And now they've branched out and made a bunch of other things. Um, in 2004, they won a medal at Great American Beer Festival. 2004? Yes. Okay. Mm. And it was the first award for their beer since 1893 at Chicago World's Columbian <laughs> Exhibition. So a hundred and something years later, they medal again. Wow. Uh, and then this was um, 1936, this bottle does, came back. That was another one of the things that they did. Um, oh, was bring back the bottle. Was bring back the bottle, and then also bring back the yellow old school mm. one. And then every, I think summertime, they'll say, okay, here's our 1972 design on the can, or oh. here's... Budweiser's done that before, Miller Lite too, mm-hmm. uh, but theirs is actually a lot different, the artwork and the stuff. So like the color is the same, but everything else is different, oh. and that has definitely made me purchase them just to see what I was going to get. So That's fun. That's my little uh, Coors when, knowledge. Do you know when they introduced the, the if the mountains are blue, it's cold? Mm. For Coors Light? I don't know. I got that. Oh, you do? Uh, not necessarily that date, but it was probably around that 2006 to 2010-ish range. Could be. Huh. So Coors Light, I thought this is a fun, and this explains a lot, actually. Can piggybacking off of yours, Coors Light was introduced in 1978. So right on the heels of Bud right, Light. Right, right before, kind of right in the middle of Bud Light, right? Yeah. Mm. When it was still Budweiser Light, mm. right? Like yeah. that, that it was right in that time frame, um, about the time that Miller Light was introduced at the same time. So the slog, the slogan, the silver bullet, yep. uh, to describe not the not the beer but the can. can. Yeah, they wanted to set it apart from 
the gold logo, right? The sure. the gold kind of Coors Banquet logo. Uh, so they made that. So they went the other way. They went silver. Um, Coors Light in the very, very beginning was produced in yellow-bellied cans. Mm-hmm. So cans that had like a yellow strip around right, them. Yep. Right? And so I, I think I've seen those. Like you go into a bar and like they have old beer uh-huh, cans or yeah. whatever. I think I've seen that somewhere along the way. Uh, but when the yellow coloring was removed is when it really took off and it became the silver bullet. So here's this would be a homework assignment for Dolan. Okay. Drop the, you remember the original like silver bullet? They had a song. Oh, really? Like they wrote a song. Mm. Like never let you down. Like it was uh, mm. always get you up, never let you down. I think that's Rick Astley. No, that's, <laughs> I'm telling you, he needs to drop it in right here. It's the right shot. And that was when Coors Banquet kind of adopted the name Yellow Jackets. Hmm. So they had the Silver Bullet, and then they had the Yellow Jackets. And Hmm. so that's where, and that actually came up in an episode of uh, Yellowstone not too long ago. So this last uh, season of Yellowstone, they go into a bar, and uh, he orders two two Yellow Jackets. Mm, And they bring him two Coors Banquets. I have drank these with Justin Pedig before. Coors banquets that doesn't surprise me yeah mm. uh i've drank these with matt lawhorn that, that also doesn't surprise me yeah as yeah. we were eating it's like a like man's man beer. deer jerky and yeah. stuff like that yeah okay um Meat dripping down your face who have you had this with the one yep. who have i have uh my brother-in-law there you go oh. he i mean he smashes these things <laughs> yeah <laughs> crushables right. They're definitely crushable. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. So I looked it up. 5% ABV. So slightly higher than what you would get with a, you know, a Coors Light, Miller Light, sure. Bud Light kind well, of yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's not light. So you got no. a little more flavor. <sighs> but a little more flavor. It's, God, it's just good. It's just, I mean, it's just classic. Um, speaking of classic, if you want to have some fun, there's a good Instagram account that is a dude that collects Coors memorabilia. Yeah. And it's all old school vintage stuff. He's out of California. Uh-huh. But he has stuff like anything you can think of, print ads, like lights that you'd have over a pool table, oh. the moving light, you know, like you'd see in a bar mm-hmm. in the 70s, like anything, T-shirts, mm. like whatever. Which like the thing it. that would run, mm-hmm. like had a little, yeah, oh my god, Like would rotate through. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep. Like anything that has to do with Coors, this guy has it and he puts his display out on, uh, it's like called OG Coors or something like that on Instagram. Huh. Awesome. Last thing I had was uh, July twenty second, two thousand four, and we will get into this more next week with Miller Lite okay. and the convoluted history of mm. Coors, Molson, Miller, Miller yeah. AB, you know, AB, the whole kind of how they all kind of are related and intertwined. Uh, July twenty second, two thousand four, Adolf Coors Company, the holding company that owns Coors Brewing, announced it would be merged. It will merge with Canadian brewer Molson. The merger was completed February 9, 2005, with the merge being the merge company being called Molson Coors, mm. as we know it today. Yeah. Ish, mm. right? The Coors Brewing Company became a subsidiary of the new company. Due to the merger, Molson Coors was rated the third largest producer of beer in the United States. So, yeah. Can you, I mean, you can buy Molson. Yeah. 
Like, I think I've seen that in the store, but it has like really? the maple leaf on it, yeah, doesn't it? I think so, yeah. I've never, I, I guess, I if I saw it, I, I didn't look mm. long enough. We should do, and maybe we do this for like, I don't even know, Boxing Day or something. Yeah, we should Canada do Canada beers, Canadian beers, mm. yeah, Labatt's, and that's Molson. about the only ones that we can get here, I think. yeah, pretty much. Uh, so one last thing, like, I went on the Coors Brewery tour with my brother a few years back. It's not as in depth as the Budweiser tour. But it's definitely worth going to. Mm. Like it's it's worth seeing. There's a lot of really really good history. And that's in Golden, and it's in Golden. Um, if you want more information on the brewery tour, just go to Coors Brewing Tour Brewery Tour dot com, and you, you get, can you can book your tour. You get a couple free, a couple freebies at the end. Nice, and they are like straight out of the tank, delicious. Mm. And what was fun is like my wife doesn't drink beer, so I got her tickets too. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> and then she had to drive. There you oh, go. Oh, the best. Oh, it's the best. Those are the best tours. Mm. Well, this is one of our beers that when I'm with my friends, you know, pre-pandemic or even fishing trip time once a year, we go through a lot of these. A lot my of My friend Daryl, this is his go-to. Really? Banquet. That's why oh. I like it because I drink it when I'm around him. So. Interesting. There it is. TripAdvisor says out of 1,838 reviews, it's a four out of five for this place. So go wow. do the tour. Sounds good. Go visit it. That's a lot. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of that's reviews. That's pretty darn good. There's a lot of stuff to do just in that oh. area. I mean. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You, oh. you can't ever get bored. Mm-mm. No. Uh, one of the, so I, every week I clip out one of the fun reviews. Yeah. I got this, the tour just okay, beer good, <laughs> exclamation point. This guy sounds like he'd be a, a friend of ours, See, right? See, I would be like, I don't even really need the tour. <laughs> just give me the, well, I guess I have to go on the tour to get the fresh tap the beer. He says, this tour was lacking compared to other large-scale breweries I visited, which is exactly what I mm, thought. Yeah, uh, It was pretty small in scope as far as the actual production process. The information covered was pretty interesting, though. The glass that comes with the admission is good, and the beers they have on tap are fantastic. The opportunity to drink the freshest Coors in Coors Light possible was pretty cool. Yeah, I would, oh, pretty cool, pun intended. Pretty <laughs> cool. <laughs> mm, so, yeah, that sounds good. So there you go. Untapped. Oh, boy. Ooh. Here we go. It's a five for me. <laughs> I bet you it is. Oh, you, oh, It's probably from like a 275 to a five. We'll that's get, my guess. We'll, we will get to that. <laughs> oh, boy. 164,000 check-ins. Mm. So not as much as you no. would think. Mm. Not as many as we've had in the past. Sure. Where do you think we sit? 3.28. Uh, that's probably too high. You're high capping. Oh, You're gosh. definitely high capping there. A point. Eight. 2.78. Oh, so close. People don't know what they're talking but about. But so much higher than, like, what was Budweiser last week, right? What was that? And I can tell you it's higher than next week's. So mm, okay. that's higher than any mainstream beer I think we've ever had. Mm. So the first time Brian ever checked this in yeah. was way back. When I was 14. <laughs> <laughs> he was nine. Yeah. No. Uh, June 15th, 2012. Okay. Doesn't say where. You gave it a four. Okay. Uh, you were eating at Red Robin in 2013. You gave it a four. That sounds which good. Which is interesting. They had it at Red Robin in 2004. Yeah. Uh, 2013, Harris Casino, four. Oh, yeah. All right. Gambling night. Maybe. Uh, August 1st, 2013. Doesn't say where. You gave it a four. You're at least you're consistent. Yeah. 
Uh, another time in August for wow. here at the Slowdown. Uh oh, in August beer. on 2013. That's pumped mm-hmm. up, probably four. Oh, <laughs> uh, December 2014 four. Uh, tailgate 2017. Uh oh. Uh, four. Consistent. Wow. Okay. You're consistent. That's good. There you go. Wow. That was the last time I checked it in was four last, years ago. Yeah, yeah. It was the last I time. to check it in today. I know, right? I'm playing at the slowdown in a couple weeks. Oh. So I'm gonna I'm gonna drink one and there you go. Rated rate a, a four and rated a four. Just for Brian. I made you rated a four just because. Why so not? I know I've had them at reverb before. Yeah. On tap. Like that was the one place I could get on tap. If it was at slowdown, it was probably in a in a can or a bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know for sure they have it on tap. At the reverb, it definitely opened my eyes. Like we've talked, I don't. I'm not a big Coors Light fan necessarily. No. I think once Coors Light warms up slightly, once it gets over 40 degrees, it just. Oh you know, yeah, no. <laughs> it gives me the worst headaches. That's why I can't drink Coors really? Light. I won't. No. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Bud Light does that to me. Bad yeah, headaches. I don't drink any. I can't. Junk. I can't do Bud Light. Mm-mm. No. So I would definitely consider this again. I guess if you want to look cool. I Get mean, this. It's a cool the bottle, stubby man. bottle, man. Thing. You roll up to a party with a sixer in the yeah. stubby bottles. You're the man. Better, <laughs> better have two sixers. Okay, yeah, you're right. Good party. <laughs> everybody's going to want one. All right, next week, Miller Lite. I am not looking forward mm. to this. We should have had we, we should have had uh, uh, Laney Andreessen on because this is his favorite beer. Miller Lite? Yes. He loves Miller Lite. He's, He's had a- more than one beer? <laughs> there's there's a few here at Atlas that prefer hard huh? All right, fellas, we're not going anywhere for a while. Let's have another beer. Thank you for listening to A Beer with Atlas. Special thanks to our brand team for producing the show. Each episode of A Beer with Atlas is powered by Atlas Medstaff, an industry leader in travel healthcare staffing. <laughs>